let's talk about cyborgs. Yes. This episode of Assorted Perspective, we're talking about cyborgs. Cyborgs. It's not what you think. It's not what I thought. No, it wasn't what I thought either. So in um, 1985, Donna Haraway, our favorite feminist, wrote the Cyborg Manifesto, where she had a new definition of cyborgs. Okay. And what was that definition, Anna? It was that people use technology, and so the human plus the object equals cyborg. So people in cars, cyborg. You with your phone right now, cyborg. You and me on this podcast, you, Anna, me, Jackie. Hi, welcome to the podcast if this is your first episode. Um, Cyborgs. (laughs) Yeah, we are now cyborgs for this limited time. Yeah, because cyborgs don't have to be permanent. That's what blew my mind. Because, like, I grew up watching Teen Titans, and I was like, cyborgs is cyborg from Teen Titans. You know, like, he is, like, a human-robot combo at all times. Yeah, I got the birth control stick in my arm, and then my boyfriend was like, you're a cyborg now. And I was like, yeah, I guess I am. Snap. But he didn't know that he was a cyborg, too, because when he drove you home. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God, he did drive me home. (laughs) He was there. I'm a psychic. I had no idea. I was. Wait, what's a psychic when you can only tell past events, though? <laughs> a historian? I don't know. <laughs> well, I guess. I'm intuitive, generally speaking. Yes, so it, it's just the temporary use of technology can allow the separation of different things. So, and Donna Haraway was specifically, she's a feminist, so she's talking about how technology helps people separate away from their sexuality. Yeah, so this I found really relatable when, okay, so I work in a kind of old, uh, hmm, old school kind of, vibe there's a lot of older people there and so like a I traditional ran work environment yeah I think so okay so like nah I don't know I'm gonna go with yes so at my job the owner of the place he asked me it was like this weird interaction where he was like are you my girl and I was like really uncomfortable and didn't want to answer that question and he kept pushing it and I didn't know why but then I found out it was because like one of the ladies in the office said that I'm gonna take she said to him I'm gonna take all your girls to lunch and so he was asking me like are you my girl are you gonna go go to lunch with them but like it made me really uncomfortable because he gave you no context I had no context and so I didn't know how to answer the question and I was like uh because like it was a deeper question for me than it was for him because I was like I don't really feel like I don't, I would not identify as a girl in the workplace. You know, I'm yeah. a person in the workplace. And you're a photographer, more I'm importantly. A, I'm a photographer to, in the workplace. Yeah, according yeah. to Donna Haraway, you're a photographer in the workplace. You're not a human and you're not a camera. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. And that's my job title there is I am there as a photographer. So if he was like, you're my photographer, right? You're like, hell I'd yeah. I'd be like, yes. That 100% makes sense because that's what I signed up for when I got this job. That's what the paperwork says. Exactly. But what I got was, are you my girl? And I was like, uh. And then he said, like, um, I always said, 
I'm your guy. (laughs) That's what I said. Yeah, that's what I ended up saying because one time a week before, he told me, like, you're my number one guy. And I was like, make me a mug that says that. And uh, so when he was asking me, like, are you my girl? I was like, I'm your guy. Because I don't know why, in my head, guy and dude are gender neutral. That makes sense because in the Midwest, people are like, you guys. You know, like everyone's like, I say you guys all the time. And you say (laughs) y'all. Y'all makes more sense grammatically, but we we don't have to get into that. But yeah, if you're talking to a group of people, you say you guys if you're in a certain region of the United States. Yeah, if I'm talking to a group of all girls, I would say you guys. And if I'm talking to a group of like mixed mixed genders, I would say you guys. And if it was all males, I would say you guys. Yeah, or all gender neutral, you guys. You guys. Yeah. It's gender neutral. I use it for everybody. Yeah. Do you know the origin of dude and guys? Okay, so not guys, I don't know. But, dude, I did look up the etymology of the word dude because I was curious. I was like, is it gender neutral? Well, first of all, the definition is like a guy, (laughs) a man. (laughs) It was the definition. But the etymology was from the song Yankee Doodle Dandy. What? I know that song. Isn't that wild? So it was a song. That sounds fake. <laughs> it sounds so fake, but it's not. It, that's where it like is thought to have come from. Because uh, Doodle, they shorted to Dude. Yankee Doodle. He's oh. a doodle. He's a dude. <gasps> oh, we're just a little noodle. That, like. <laughs> little Yankee Doodle dandy. And it was just from the song. Um, and it wasn't popularized until like 2005. That's when we started hearing it more. Yankee so, Doodle? Actually, no, that's... No, dude. The word dude. That's the most I've heard that song, though, was in my childhood in 2005. So I would say lines up. Isn't that wild? Is that when people started using that word? Because, yeah, uh, Full House. You got it, dude. That, w- that was in the 90s, right? Yeah. So actually, I was when I was looking this up, it was used a lot in the late 1800s, and then it went dead. And then in 2015, it was, like, skyrocketed. Everybody was calling everybody a dude. It's like, wow. In 2015? Dude, 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 dude. Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. I would say I grew up saying that, like, dude, bruh. Or I wouldn't say bruh, but, like, so you know, I would say same thing. My, I, I have no basis for this statement. This is just my personal opinion. Um, I think it comes from Instagram. I think that's, like, 2015 is about when Instagram was really like peaking. Yeah, usually how they count words, you it, the lazy um, articles will just use like internet searches, and so yeah, if people are using the internet more, then you're gonna count that certain word more, mm-hmm. um, because it's really hard to get any kind of different count if you're using like just people's speech. Yeah, you can't like parse audio quickly enough to like count that. Mm-hmm. So it would be in it would be word count for internet. I would say, right? Is that how they count it? Yeah, yeah. It was... Um, that makes sense in Instagram. Count. Yeah. Because I remember hearing that word a lot when I was a kid, but yeah, no one used the internet that much. It was kind of sucky and slow back then. Yeah, you would be like, I'm going to get on the computer <laughs> instead of just like, it was somebody a- get my phone out of my hands. <laughs> yeah, you had to make a conscious choice. And like, that's kind of what Donna Haraway... Um, Thank you for bringing it back. I was like, how are we going to get back to feminism and Donna Haraway? Well, okay. So how do we get to cyborgs? Because you're, it's not just that people, you know, in the early 2001 space odyssey, you pick up a rock, you're a cyborg. Like there were stages of boundaries that needed to be broken. So in her manifesto, she outlines three boundaries that were dissolved throughout human history in order to bring about this idea of cyborg you know, the concept of cyborg, I guess. 
So the first boundary broken was between humans and animals. So after Charles Darwin published The Origins of Species in the 20th, 19th century, oh my god, not 20th century. <laughs> <laughs> that was a close one. Oh, whew, <laughs> glad you caught it. <laughs> yeah, anyway. Uh, I, I fact-checked myself, don't worry. Um, Excellent. So after that, um, kind of the idea of evolution and that humans are um, just like animals, it kind of broke that boundary that we had culturally. Mm -hmm. So we're not really any better than animals, and that was more accepted during the 19th century. Obviously, people today like make still make a separation, but for many groups of people in science and whatever, it's where humans are animals. Mm -hmm. And so the second boundary broken was during the Industrial Revolution, and so we everything became mechanized. And so this human dependence on machines surged, and so machines became an inseparable part of work and uh, different parts of life. And what it, it really helped um, define, redefine what it meant to be human, mm -hmm. and it was an extension of human capability. And so the third boundary, can you guess what that is? Ooh. It's a trick question because it's still technology. <laughs> it uh, just got smaller. Okay. Yeah, so... Smartphones. Yeah, semiconductor chips um, became a thing, and they became very popular. And so these machines are practically invisible, so it's difficult to decide where the machine ends and the human starts. Like the birth control I talked about in my arm. Yeah. You, It's like a part of me, and like it, in my like blood and in my anatomy. So it's like, it's hard to tell where that starts and where that ends. That's so intense. Because if you took it out of my arm, it, I think it would take a week for it to stop working. Whoa. Because it took a week when I got it in my arm to start working. Interesting. So yeah, it's really hard to say what part of you is different. Or if you get like fillings in your teeth, mm -hmm. like what part of that's part of your teeth? Or like scar tissue? Is yeah. that part of the cyborg? Is that part of the technology? Or is that part of you? Whoa. Most people would say it's a part of them, but it was caused by the technology put in. Because I have scar tissue from my last birth control imp implant. So I'm like, it kind of blurs the lines from like, what would you say is technology? Or if you have a hearing aids, or mm -hmm. if you have a colloquial, what is that called? That when you have the implant in Co your brain? Cochlear. Cochlear implant. Thank yes. you. Yeah, what part of it? is human and what part of its technology yeah so i'm roommates with the cyborg because my roommate is deaf and has cochlear implants yes and so how does this tie to feminism because it takes away the um sexuality yeah the sexuality thank you for filling in that word i was like what word are you saying i love doing that like i'm like oh pick me pick me yes anna <laughs> sexuality, sexuality. <laughs> So, um, yeah, it takes away the sexuality from the workplace because then, you, like, we talked about this a little second ago when it's like, um, I'm no longer a woman in the workplace. I am a photographer in the workplace. Therefore, me in the workplace should be treated as an equal to, like, other photographers in the workplace. Exactly. It's a great way to fight patriarchal norms, and that's what she was using technology for. And it, it's an extension of yourself in a way to separate your sexuality from society. Mm -hmm. So when you're talking on the phone, I was reading this article and then uh, someone who was trans and they went through their transition. So when they answered the phone, I think their mom owned a store and so they helped out their mom. And then sometimes when they answered, they're like, they confused it with their mom. And the other times it would just be like, oh, who is this? Because of the way um, you're presenting yourself. And if you're just a voice, then you get separated from your sexuality, especially if you're going through 
um, any kind of testosterone changes and oh, stuff. Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah, it can present yourself differently, and you're perceived differently using technology. It kind of separates your sexuality from everyone else, especially with, like, um, being on your phone. Uh, you can't really tell. Like, a, a lot of it's just assumed. And I know we have avatars and everything, it but... It is. Okay, so, like, when, when I was playing around with, like, um, those, like, chat random kind of things, you know, where it, like, randomizes and you just talk to, like, a stranger blindly... Oh, yeah. I always assumed I was talking to a guy. Always. Yeah. Yeah. But you don't actually know. And it, that's... No and I think in some ways it helped. I think that Donna Haraway's work has aged. It's not really, like, necessarily, I don't know, relevant. But... Um, or it, it. there's other work that's done that can help feminism explain this. But in um, the reason why I'm really interested in cyborgs is because... There was a winter storm in back in 2021 in Texas. I, I don't know if you remember that. Oh, yeah. I remember that. Yeah, because you lived through it. Yeah. Well, I did, too. And then um, so there was too much ice, and Texas does not have salt trucks to ice to put on the roads when they're icy. Yeah. So I walked outside during uh, after the storm, and everything was super cold, and I saw all these people out on the sidewalk. And everyone else was doing the same thing. They were, we were just checking out, like, what was going on. Yeah. Because um, no one could drive. Yeah. And I thought, I was so weirded out like this. And so I was telling my advisor about this. I was like, that's weird because there's actually a lot more people out when there's cars on the road. Because I, I lived by a pretty busy street. So there would be tons of quote-unquote people out. But it didn't feel like people were out. Right. You know, it really felt when people were out where we were all walking around after the storm. But then I was like, why is that? And she was like, it's because they're a cyborg. It's a person plus a car. Right. And so I'm like, oh, you know what? That makes sense because you you don't recognize other people like when they're being hidden by something because it's car plus person. Well, we do that with like, um, this reminds me of when we went to, we went on this like city walk mm-hmm. around Christmas time and we were talking about like the language that we use to describe things like, um, we talk about cars, even if there's, you know, there's a person driving a car, but we call them a, a car or like, you know. Yeah, like this car cars. got really close to me. Not yeah, like no, a person driving a car got really close to me. You wouldn't yeah. say that. And then people on bikes, you know, bikers, we just group them into one thing. And then pedestrians, even though they're people on the street, they're the most people you people (laughs) and then um yeah we identify them by their feet ped yeah yeah because we're talking about mobility yeah um, in all of those instances but at the end of the day it's all people plus something yeah exactly and so um it helps so the concept of the cyborg helps kind of define things in order for you to better understand them it puts it in a good frame of reference because um i was talking to my boyfriend about how many hit and runs have happened lately with people on bikes Mm -hmm. and um he was like how could something like that happen and I was like yeah it's pretty horrible for someone to hit who's driving to hit someone on a bike and then drive away from them but then taking what Donna Haraway has taught us about cyborgs it's because you're not it's not a person hitting another person it's a person in a car hitting someone on a bike and it's you know these cyborg entities interacting with each other in order to have some kind of separation of responsibility or separation from human contact. And so that's what allows the hit and run. Because I don't know if you would physically hit someone and still run away. It's because of the concept of this, like, 
these boundaries being removed and then other boundaries being added in. Yeah. I think you'd be less likely to, but mostly because of, like, the speed of your ability to run away. Exactly. Like, if you started running away on foot, like, that person might be able to catch you, you know? Yeah. I was reading this book by Edward T. Hall. It's called, I think it's called Dimensions of Time or Dimensions of Space. And he was saying how when you're in a car, you move too fast to actually understand where you're at. Yes. So everything becomes a blur. And so you don't your interaction with that space is transformed in a kind of a negative way because I like get lost really easily if I drive, but when yeah. I bike or walk, I'm more likely to remember how to get there next time. Yeah. And so it's just like cyborgs can remove boundaries, like patriarchal boundaries for feminism, but also now that we're in the 21st century, feminism has other challenges that we're facing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so being a cyborg also adds kind of a different layer of complexity into our interactions. Yeah. Whoa. Well, so, thanks for sharing all that. Yeah. Do you have anything else to add or are we wrapping it up? Um, I guess the end part is that now that we're cyborgs without gender or without sexuality that's immediately presented, it more becomes a way of like interacting with movement and like space and across time. So like those problems probably arise from like or more questions arise from our interactions that we have already being acknowledged as cyborgs. Does that make sense? Yes. I, I get what you're saying because we're talking about like the the use of the term cyborg is no longer as effective when we're talking about feminism and like making advancements for equality. Um, and it's more useful in terms of mobility. I would say so, but I'm, I might be a little biased. I'm, I'm, I study infrastructure and anthropology, mm-hmm. but I think that it could be used in your life if it, you have a question about something. It's more used as a, a definition that's useful in a conversation. Right, yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Anna. Yeah, thanks, Jackie, for listening, and thank you so much for your input. Oh, thank you, listener, for joining us, and I hope you learned something valuable. I hope you um, have something to contribute to this conversation. If you do, go ahead and find us on Instagram and leave a comment on our on our post about this episode. Yes, please tell us your thoughts. Anything, like, kind words, please, but if you have some corrections or any new ideas, please don't hesitate to reach out. Yes, thank you so much for listening, and have a great rest of your day.